Welcome to Everyday Therapist. I'm Rich from the UK. And I'm Cody from the United States. Before we jump in, we just want to say that this podcast does not constitute therapeutic advice. How was your holiday break? Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's all just forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> Is it, it all, uh, yeah, it's kind of all gone by in a bit of a flash, really. And um, yeah, just like, um, it, it was good overall, you know, no, uh, no big dramas or anything. Um, I, there's so much I could say about it, but I don't want to get to um, go, you know, go down a rabbit hole too much. But what, what about you? How, how did you get on? Yeah, my holidays were good. Um, at, towards the end, I actually felt like they were lasting forever. Like I felt, I felt like I was ready to, to get back into the swing of things, get back into a routine. Um, so it was good. It was good to have time off, spend more time with the family and, and things like always. But, um, but I thrive a little bit more with structure and routine and, um, just knowing kind of what to expect. So I was kind yeah. of ready for that. And then, uh, and then it finally came around, right? Like work finally came back around and we're trying to get back to the swing of things. And the first day felt good. I was motivated and things were, things were going well, but the second day and that second day hit and I was like, I don't want to do anything. I can't get my mind right. I can't focus. I just want to sit, sit here and do nothing. Yeah. I came across your Substack post and you, you were, uh, you were talking about trying to get back in the swing of things and it just connected with, with me so much. Yeah. I, for me, cause I, I totally identify with that getting back you know, looking forward to getting back into everything and then kind of sitting there going, oh, well, as I said in my post, going, just not really feeling it. But I put it somewhat, there's a number of things I put it down to, but I suspect some of it was alcohol-fueled <laughs> depression. <laughs> okay. and, and, and just to put a little caveat, you know, I know some people struggle with, with alcohol. Um, so if, if that's you, you know, one of our listeners, this is obviously not advice and I don't want to trigger anyone, but I, I'm not really a big drinker. Um, I, I'm not really a drinker at all. And over Christmas, I did start having a couple of drinks pretty much every night. And of course that destroys your sleep. Um, mm. And I say I sound like I'm being a downer on it, but I actually enjoyed it. I liked sitting up with family, having a few drinks. And, and I do believe there's some benefits in that sort of social bonding um, and then also just sometimes just relaxing, perhaps the self-care. Um, but then at the same time, th- there is, you know, I do pay a price for it. And I think probably everybody pays a price for it. And then along with alcohol as well, God, I'm such a fun person to be around, aren't I? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like eating endless amounts of sugary processed foods and going, you know, just just like somebody that's totally fallen off the wagon, and I'm going, yeah. and it's this battle. I'm going, it's Christmas, it's fine, and I'm just like shoving more stuff down my face and drinking, and and then waking up in the morning and going, right, today I'm going to be kind of sensible with with everything, and and then just just doing it over and over again. So for me, getting back to work was like, um, you know, when I do that, I'll I'll pull it all together, and and carry on my way. And as you just described before, it, it just didn't happen. Yes. <laughs> so I'm taking some inspiration from the slow living community on Substack and, and easing myself back into the new year and just going and like letting it unfold. And that's actually quite helpful. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And one thing that I find hard too is um, by the time the new year's rolls around, like I'm 
mentally I'm ready to, to start fresh, right? Like I'm not huge on new year's resolutions or anything of that nature, but um, I do feel a little bit of a sense of like a new year and like a new, new goals, new ambitions, even though I don't necessarily set specific things and I'm ready to, to get the year kicked off. And I'm ready to, to just go forward and, I struggle with it because we still have two and a half months of snow and crappy weather. And Mm -hmm. um, so like today, today we woke up to three, maybe three inches of of brand new snow out there and it hasn't stopped yet. So um, in some ways it's beautiful. Like it's, it's nice. It's quieting. I kind of like the atmosphere. And then in other ways um, I struggle because I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to, I'm ready for it to be spring. And I I, I just have to slow myself down for two and a half months. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting one because, again, some of this stuff that I, I know I, I laugh about it a little bit, but I am actually genuinely influenced by this whole slow living community thing. I kind of go, yeah, could I take some of that on board? And if I was one of those people, which I'm not, I'm, I'm more in your category of perhaps frustration, but I'd almost be going, you know, the season is telling me that I need to, to slow down and and just go with it and, I don't know, go out and build a snowman or something. <laughs> right. You still right. have to do that. Yeah, every once in a while. Um, nobody, my kids are old enough that we don't get to do that fun anymore, but you're right. I probably should force a little bit of slow down family fun once in a while. Yeah. Do you do the skiing and all that sort of thing? No, I, I, I did growing up. Um, we did some skiing growing up and then my wife and I used to snowboard, uh, when we were younger, but we haven't done anything since we've had kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not great Utah people like, like you and I've talked about in the past. Um, it's very mountainous. Um, so a lot of area to hike in the summer and a lot of area to snowboard and ski all winter long and, and go mm-hmm. tubing and all, and all the activities. And for whatever reason, my family doesn't do any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it just feels like more of a hassle than than I want to. <laughs> so we just we just don't do it because it just feels like a lot. Like we yeah. don't have skis, we don't have snowboards, we don't have the proper equipment. Like so we'd have to rent it and then it would just be, you know, this giant financial burden for four of us. And like we don't even have the proper clothing. Like I don't I don't know. We're just so far removed from it in that sense. But it's kind of unfortunate because we have this beautiful opportunity that we don't take advantage of. Yeah, yeah. Do you, I, I know, I don't know whether we've talked about this on the podcast, but you get up at some ungodly hour every morning and go and play <laughs> basketball. Is, is that, what has yeah. that been happening? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I um, I get up at 5 a.m. Um, three times a week and then go play go play basketball for about two, uh, two and a half only hours. Three, only three times a week. Okay, that's not so impressive. I thought it was every day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm too old to play every day, Rich. <laughs> I need I need a rest in between days. Um, so no, I, I do get some exercise that way in, but um, that's just in like a like a local gym. Um, so it's it's indoors. Yeah, well, I've uh, managed to do some exercise despite the Christmas sort of slump, and I've been going on out on my bike as usual. And I noticed, and I've got a question for you actually, which I thought about when I was riding today. Um, do you think on a daily basis or weekly basis or whatever, do you think that you have a finite amount of goodwill? What do you mean? What do you mean by goodwill? Like um, motivation to keep going? To, to, to keep, well, to I'll keep explain a little bit more. So the, the whole Christmas goodwill to all men thing, oh. um, 
and you know did that had this Christmas Day Boxing Day period and trying to be full of goodwill. Then I went out for a bike ride. And I, and I noticed that all my goodwill had left me and all my politeness cycling down paths where there's people in my way and all this. Usually I'd be like ringing a bell and saying, excuse me, is there any chance I could just come past you? And I'm really sorry. And I felt like all that had just completely left me. And mm. I was just hammering down these paths and being all a bit angry and, and horrible. And then, but happily today when I went back out cycling, um, my goodwill had returned, and I thought I just wondered whether I'd used it up over Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yes, that's actually a really good good point in how we have, how much we feel like we have to have during certain times of the year. Um, but yeah, I, I I generally feel that way that sometimes I'm better off uh, with with compassion for other people or patience for other people or even just thinking the, of them in kind hearted ways. Um, I'm better at that than at sometimes than others. Um, sometimes I do feel like people are just getting in my way or, um, you know, slowing me down or just yeah. bothering me, even though they're all minding their own business. And yeah, I don't, that's a good way to describe it. Goodwill. Cause when you reflect mm-hmm. on it, right? Like it's more about the mood that I'm in at the moment and maybe the patience that I have at the moment rather than anything that they're doing. Cause they're just living their lives also. Yeah, I go through those swings for sure. Yeah. Mm. Have you had as well? Have you over the Christmas period? Have you had clients come and see you, or have you had a break from that as well? No, no, I didn't take much of a break from from work. Um, either my my regular day job or uh, my clinical practice on the side. Um, for the most part, I just kind of kind of was steady on both of those. However. Uh, they were both slower than, than normal. So I, yeah. I was available, but maybe I didn't see as many clients. Um, they were just, didn't have as many appointments and, and things or just my, my day job was a little bit slower. So, And do you notice uh, Christmas time, um, do you notice an increase in anxiety with your clients, would you say? Or is that not, not really a thing? I do actually, but I don't think it has, with talking with them, it has less to do with Christmas and more to do with the time of year, meaning um, the the weather, it's colder, the the sun is, it's down sooner and it's darker. It's just kind of dreary outside for months. Um, from, From the perspectives that they tell me, it is mostly about that aspect rather than the pressures of, of Christmas. Hmm. Mm. I know because I um, was going on about my own state of mind again, but I noticed because I do the mindfulness thing, we've talked about this on the podcast a lot, and I'd sit there on the, the build up to Christmas and do the body scan, whatever, and noticed quite um, quite a noticeable or intense sort of feeling of anxiety. Um, and it was purely to do, I think, with all the preparations, maybe time of year and, and everything. Um, and I'm lucky to report that uh, that's gone away. And, and and what's really struck me about it, because as I'm going down this route and learning how to be a therapist, how, you know, I, I mean, I have the, the podcast called Everyday Therapist. I have everyday problems like everybody else and really just noticing how, everyday things properly affect how you feel and i think maybe i'm just getting a little bit more in tune with it which is 
kind of tricky in a way because once you become aware of how you're feeling all the time, it's like, oh my God, I'm like, you know, I'm in a right state. But actually, I'm I'm fine. It's just that I've started to become more familiar with these feelings, I guess. I don't know if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Absolutely, it does. Um, mindfulness and awareness is a massive thing that we work on in most of my sessions with clients. And in fact, um, I've started... You, you and I have talked and you know that I generally try to be um, focused on my my emotions and moods and thoughts while I'm out walking my dog each morning. Yeah. Um, but I've expounded that this year. Um, so it wasn't necessarily a New Year's resolution, but I did decide to start on, on January 1st. Um, I created a um, kind of a, a template in my, in my phone. It's on a journaling app that I use. Um, in fact, this is this is not a paid advertisement for this uh, journaling app, but uh, maybe maybe one day it could be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, the, the app, yeah, the app is called Day One, and it's just a journaling app that you can put on your phone. And uh, I've created a template in there, and it pops up each day. And I've created this template to help me to be mindful. Um, and it will start out with. Um, you know, what is, what is my mood for the day ranging from, um, very pleasant to very unpleasant. And I'll, I'll go ahead and pick, uh, what I'm feeling that day. And then, um, and then I have the next section, it will ask me like, what are my emotions that I might be feeling that day? And I've listed maybe, I don't know, 30 or so different emotions. And I'll just spend a few minutes just reading them and, and seeing if I can associate with that feeling for that day in that moment. Um, and then uh, following that, it's it's all about trying to be intentional. So I've asked myself a few different questions of like, what areas of my life do I want to focus on today, right? So it can be like a physical aspect or a spiritual aspect or an emotional aspect or intellectually, um, what areas of my life is going to be my day focus. And then I've created myself a to-do list at the very bottom of these are the things I want to accomplish. So. Mm-hmm. And it's the same template and I've done it now for seven days. Um, so it's not, not very long, but it has helped me to become aware of, of my emotions each day to create that mindfulness and that space. And then it's also helped me to be intentional with what, what I want to accomplish the day of that day. And so far seven days in, um, it feels pretty good. Honestly, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. What's it called again? The app is called day one. Hmm. I'm going to try that. I, I, um, I've, I've talked about this before. I do journaling. I just use notes on my smartphone, uh, Apple notes, and I have no real, I don't put any pressure on myself to write every day, but it pretty, well, in fact, I counted up last year's, um, uh, entries and there was 99 of them in total. So you know, that's less than a third of the year that I'm doing it, but it, so I don't put any pressure on myself, but I do, like writing and I do sometimes set like a, an intention what am I trying to achieve and and everything such a difficult one and and again at this time of year with people's new year's resolutions and looking at the year ahead and what do I want to achieve and and everything and it's finding that balance because you need I think for good mental health you need to feel like you're moving forward with some sense of purpose um but at the same time, I think you can get too worried about productivity and, you know, what what am I going to achieve? And then you can just miss the point of life in some ways. And I don't know, it's such a difficult one, isn't it, Try, trying to find that balance? 
Yeah, I, I think that last word is exactly what I what the key is, right? Balance, <clears throat> balance mm. between between achievement and being present. Yeah. So yeah. it's like with this podcast. This podcast, I really want to um, go for it this year, and we've got some decent guests coming up, and I'm just excited to improve it. And so there is that like productivity thing, but I also just want to enjoy it as well. You know, it's it's just fun to do, and you, you, yeah, don't want to get too bogged down in like stats and and hitting you know uh listener numbers and all that kind of thing you just want to just enjoy the experience i suppose it's funny to hear you say that because i've been having the exact same thoughts and i think that probably that's normal for anything that people create right like part of when i was thinking about starting the new year again i said i don't really set new year's resolutions but i was very tempted to talk to to set one something to do with this podcast right like what do i want to what do i want this podcast to be how many listeners do i want to have by the end of the year and and all that kind of stuff and ultimately i decided not to because of two reasons. Number one, um, how many people listen is not really in my control. So I'm, in some ways, I'm setting myself up for failure that way. And then the second one and the more important one is exactly what, what you just said is I, I feel like if I start setting goals of, of listeners and, and things, um, I, I will lose that connection piece. The reason that we started this to begin with, and that's just to connect with people. That's to connect with ourselves and, and be present and enjoy the journey. So I definitely, I definitely have faced that, those questions last the last couple of weeks. Yeah, because obviously, like, and our listeners don't know this, we we haven't spoken to each other for for a couple of weeks. We've had a complete break from this. Yeah, and uh, so I've so we've not discussed this, but I've had the same kind of feelings about it. You know, do we? It's, it's like with a business, isn't it? You have to set yourself targets and and try and move forward. And I think you do have to do that in business. Um, because if you don't grow, you, you you die. But I don't think it's the same thing with a podcast. It's like, you know, the whole point of this, as you said, is like, you know, just, just chatting to people about day to day things. So, yeah, I think definitely take that pressure off ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so one thing that, uh, that I, I wanted to talk about real quick is is just this idea of um, something that you brought up during the break, and as we were taking our, our minds off of this, and it just kind of just kind of came up. I think from you and maybe your wife is this idea that we wanted to throw out an episode that was maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes in between our mm-hmm. big ones, right? And have that each week, um, yeah. and. and it, who knows what those conversations will be about? Um, it, they'll they'll be shorter because again they'll be only fifteen twenty minutes. But maybe it'll just be us catching up, talking about our own mental health, talking about things that yep. we've gone through. Um, you had some great ideas, like if you, if you read a book that you feel like is very valuable and you've learned some things and you want to kind of analyze that and talk about that, that yeah. could be be a great topic. We had the idea of um, doing a drunk book club. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. A drug book, a drug book club, um, that we, we could, we could definitely try that. Although you just told me your Christmas experience wasn't, wasn't that great. I need to stop drinking. I don't even have a problem with alcohol, but I don't, it doesn't suit me. But anyway, I'm, I'm reading a book. I'm going to show you, are we, is this going out on video yet? Are we doing the video thing? No. I, so I didn't do a video okay. on this one. Uh, this is just us right. talking. Okay. Well, nobody can see this, but I'm holding a yellow book and it's called, I think Sarah, I think Sarah, who we had on, I think you might have gifted her this book. It's called Maybe Talk to Someone. 
I did. Yeah, did you? <laughs> I did. I, yeah, I, gave, I read that book and I gave her that book. So just for everybody that's listening, the book is called Maybe You Should Talk to Someone. And it's by Lori Gottlieb. Yeah. And uh, honestly, it's one of my favorite books I've ever read. And I think part of it, I think, is because I'm, I'm in this field. I'm a therapist, so I could connect with it on that level. But also, I thought that she was extremely good um, storyteller. And it, I connected with her stories emotionally as an everyday person, too. So mm. what, how, how, have you started it, Rich? Yeah, I've, I've, read, um, I've read just under half, half the book. And um, which is quite good for me. I, just so people know, I'm rubbish at reading, and I, I mean, I, I listen to audio books and podcasts. That's mainly my thing, and and it's not a New Year's resolution, but I would like to try and start reading a few of these books that I keep hearing about. So anyway, this is if, if anyone's interested in having a go at reading this year, this is definitely worth picking up because it is it's really easy to read. Um, and you can read a chapter in, I don't know, three or four minutes and it's like digestible and funny. And, um, but, you know, also there's some like serious bits in it and it kind of, it makes you think, um, I'd quite like my wife to read it actually after me and go, this is kind of what therapy is about. But another thing that obviously I'm training to be a therapist and I see some of the work that therapists do by reading this book. There's a character in it called Wendell. I don't know if you remember it, who's a therapist. I do. That's her therapist, yeah. Yep. And I go, oh, my God, that's, like, really skilled what he's doing. And then that's followed up with, I can't do that. I'll never be able to do that. It's, like, <laughs> honestly, like, proper self-doubt about ever being able to do anything. Um, but then I remember I keep reading here and there that a lot of a lot of stuff in therapy a lot of the success in therapy is about the relationship that you have with the client and that trumps everything so i'm not going to yeah. try and be like wendell in the book i'm just going to do my own thing and listen to people yeah yeah she like i said she does an extremely good job telling the story and wendell's her therapist and the way that she tells this his story of how um she is going to him is it, it it just really connected with me um as a person as as a therapist and he does seem like a wizard um in his craft but honestly as she's as she's working therapy with her own clients and she's telling this the story of, of her own clients in there sometimes i feel like she's also a, a wizard yeah. as well and um i learned a lot from that book i i, I actually use it stuff I've learned in there, I use it probably, and I don't say this lightly, I probably use things every single oh, day. Wow. That I've, read, I've read it three three times at this point. I've given it to, to Sarah, who we had on. I've given it to my wife. I gave it to my mom. Yeah. Uh, I really, really like it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've got another one lined up, so I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this over the next couple of weeks. And then my next fun book that I've got lined up is called uh, Top 5 Regrets of the Dying by Bronnie Ware. Um, okay. I don't know if you've heard of it, and it sounds like it sounds like a grim title, but it's it's brilliant apparently. And I've listened to a couple of podcasts with her. So she was a palliative care nurse, um, and she'd, you know, by default of her job, she would hear people's regrets as they were as, as they were coming towards the end of their life. Um, and she wrote a book about it, and it's been phenomenally successful. And now she goes around the world talking about it and stuff like that. So that's um, that's next on the. But I think we should discuss it drunk. 
<laughs> All right, let's try it. You got it's it. Determined <laughs> to, to do that at some point. So yeah. Uh, awesome.